When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. And I don't know how everybody somehow finds a way to be upset about the smallest things. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about, well, you, you probably aren't because Matt Eberflus came out on Tuesday and said the Bears are strong where they're strong and they need to improve where they need to improve. And of course, the internet loses their mind. And I don't know why I have to go out and constantly remind you, like, what do you want him to say? Do you want him to call out players individually? I know Brian Perez was talking about this. Like, call it, like if, you, if he came out and was like, this player's terrible, like Ron Rivera did a couple of weeks ago with Carson Wentz, that doesn't play in an NFL locker room. And these coaches are historically vague. Think about Bill Belichick saying, on to Cincinnati. Simple as that. They moved on. They ended up going on to win the Super Bowl that year. So I really don't understand why people are so, so upset with Matt Eberflus right now. I know you're frustrated, but I, I don't understand the frustration because so many of you spent the offseason be like, we're not going to be good. Guess what? The Bears are not playing well right now. Kind of what you said was going to happen. The people who should be upset are me who actually thought the Bears would be winning more games. Actually, I had us at 3-3. Three and three. If you go back and look at my predictions, I said we'd be 3-3 three and three at this point and improving. So we're a game off the pace. Should be 3-3. Three and three. Could be 4-2. and two. So I don't know why everybody's suddenly outraged about everything. And maybe I just need a break from Twitter and social media and things like that, but I will not take a break from this show. And Sammy, why don't we go ahead and get started? Turn up your volume, your volume, because you're about to listen to the Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back, Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields, touchdown! The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Air Pura. Sports entertainment like no other. It's gonna be sick. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. And I think I've waited. Uh, I've made our co-host wait a little bit too long. And I understand, by the way, that I, I, I don't put her over enough. as I Not as much as I should. Because she does a great job covering the NFC North for Fox Sports. She's all over every podcast. She's everywhere. And she's an absolute delight. Please welcome our co-host, Carmen Vitale. How that are you? Nice. Thanks, Adam. I just, I, I always feel like I'm remiss that I don't, I don't put your credentials out there enough because you, you do a lot of cool things. 
and you do such a great job. And you have to sit there and watch that Packers game as they're getting destroyed by the Jets. You have to suffer through that. And I don't think that we uh, have recognized that enough until this point. So how are you? Have you recovered from that game? Uh, well, it was compounding, which I feel like is the, I can I can sympathize with Justin Fields compounding frustrations because I was at the Washington yes. <laughs> Washington Chicago game in Chicago. And then uh, I had to obviously watch whatever that was from the Packers and the Jets. Um, so, it yeah, a lot of compounding frustrations for the teams that I cover this weekend it wasn't it wasn't a good football weekend uh I mean I I guess with the exception of the Minnesota Vikings they look stellar and then the Lions had a reset they they hit the reset button but I mean it's early they're gonna have to go the rest of the season without it so I I wouldn't be happy if I were them with the bye at this point of the season right oh my gosh yeah they've uh they've it's you could call it the reset button perhaps it's the panic button but I got to say this, and I want to ask you, because I know that I probably use this as a cop-out way too much, but, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm at the NFL Network, you know, studio desk, watching the Chargers and Broncos on Monday night, obviously had a keen interest in the Packers game on Sunday, and of course, you know, whatever happened on Thursday night is what it is, but when you look around the league, outside of the Vikings, a team that you cover, outside of, let's say, the Chiefs. Let's put the Chiefs in there, the Bills, and the Eagles. There's a lot of bad football going on. Why are we always – am I just too close to the Bears? Like, hey, like I feel the Jets played really well as, too. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like maybe that some teams are just struggling right now and it's just part of, part of playing ball. I, I mean, Tom Brady said it the other week, right? He said, I see a lot of bad football, and he's not wrong. Uh, there's, it feels like there's more of a learning curve and I don't know off the top of my head how much of the league changed over as far as coaching staffs go. Yeah. Uh, but I know that it was a lot. So I think there was like a, like a third of the, of the league changed over or changed head coaches. So I think that could be a contributing factor. Honestly, as much as the, the Vikings are five and one, which is great for them, but they don't look particularly convincing no. either for that matter. No. Like they didn't have a, get a first down until halfway through the second quarter in that game against Miami last week, who was without their starting quarterback. So um, it's, it's interesting how a lot of these teams are like fumbling and kind of bumbling their way to the records that they have. I mean, you said it in the intro too, like the bears could have a different record. I feel like uh, they flash, they keep flashing the stat on every national game where there have been more games that have been within one score this season through six weeks of the season than we've ever seen before historically in the NFL. So I just think that, you know, parity is maybe at an all-time high, though, at the same time, and that's that's exciting for the league, even if it's resulting in some pretty bad games. I don't know. I don't know how exciting it is for the league when you put marquee. I mean, but at the same time, like, you can continue to churn out terrible games you're watching it on Thursday. Like, there's no way. Like, who's not watching the Thursday night game between the Cardinals and the Saints? Like, everybody is going to be watching that game. There's nothing. I mean, baseball has been amazing. Although, baseball's numbers are up a little bit. But, like, nobody's turning away. Like, I, I'm one of the rare lunatics who on Saturday was spending all that time. I was sort of checking in on Tennessee and Alabama. But I was so locked into that baseball. Yeah, I mean, that was amazing. And don't get me wrong, I checked in and I would keep tabs on it and everything like that. But I'm I'm of the, the rare occurrence where most people are watching football. And so you can go out there and you can play and people can kind of go through the motions and do whatever. Everybody's out there watching and there's really nothing you can do. 
And now the NFL came out on Tuesday and they're like, we're going to have a black Friday game. And yeah. <laughs> which I love, I personally love because I know not? that, well, you know what? Mike Freeman, who I love and respect was like, well, the NFL said they would never take on high school football. It's like, if the, the, it's not a regular Friday night game and there's high school playoffs going on. I know in Southern California, we'll be still in the middle of our high school playoffs, but it's not like everybody's playing. It's not like homecoming weekend of a Friday night where we're taking everybody's eye. It's Black Friday. It's probably not going to be a night game. It's probably going to be in the afternoon. It's or afternoon adjacent. You know, it's it's going to be at a comfortable time. So it it's fine. I, I I just think that people, I don't know, like just chill out. Like it's I have to say this every week. It's like talking to my kids. Like I'm constantly having to tell Bears fans, like, what are you upset about? What did you expect this to be? Even everybody who went out there and I saw this tweet just a moment ago where somebody's like, ah, oh, Brian Dable and Joe Shane. That's exactly, I said it, I called it. I did all this and I'm like, okay, like I like Brian Dable and I like Joe Shane as well. It's fine. But at the same time to act like it's a fait accompli that it's been decided because there were a lot of people in 2018 who told me like, I wish we would have hired Matt Nagy. The amount of people that were coming out and saying that kind of like, oh, I wish we would have hired Nagy. You guys were smart. Way to get in there early. Like there's a long way to go. So I feel like it's a little bit too much. People are crazy, Carmen. What, what should I do? I, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you because I was just talking about how I can't win either on Twitter. Like I posted, uh, it, was, it was a stat about the sacks that Justin Fields has taken mm-hmm. and how uh, only five of his sacks he's taken this year have come under the median sack rate in the NFL of 4.29 seconds. So it's, it's a subjective stat. It's true. But basically what it's inferring is that a lot of this is kind of on Justin for holding the ball a little bit too long. A lot of these sacks that he takes are on, are on him and league wide. That's the case with quarterbacks. You see quarterbacks jump from team to team and they have the same type of sack rate because a lot of these sacks are on quarterbacks. Now, and then so I, I posted like I quote tweeted that stat and I said, you know, pa- pass protection can only hold up for so long. Right. Realistically. And then but at, right after that, I was like, I'm not placing everything on Justin either because he is learning a new system. He's trying to get through his progressions. He's being coached, coached, coached to get through this. All and so he's thinking way too much. And yes, the offensive line still does need to play better. But then I got someone telling me like, well, pick a side like you're you're <laughs> you're a reporter. You can have an opinion. Just stand by it. This feels insincere. I was like. Both of these things can be true. Both of them can be true. Yes. Like, like when things go wrong, especially to this level, it is almost never just one thing. Exactly. Almost never. So there is, yes. Can Justin get rid of the ball and make, make quicker decisions? Yes. Can the offensive line play better? Yes. Can the receivers, can, we, can you get some better talent for Justin? Is, is talent some of the issue? Yes, of course that's the issue. And then can the defense stop the run and, and maybe get, like, you know, get – Offenses off the field quicker before they can be productive. Yes, all of these things are true. And it goes back to, again, what did we expect from this season? Not every team can be Dayball and the Giants. That's not realistic. Like, yes, it's a wonderful story, and it's awesome for them. And I'm very happy because I really like Brian Dayball. Same. Love his offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka. Go Cats. Oh, yeah. But that's not, real, that's not a realistic expectation is to expect, you know. And plus, I also think the Giants, to your, like, how how, how good are they how good are they i think that they're good but i also they're, think that they had a better head start 
Mm-hmm. Like they like you look at the Bears draft capital from the last couple of years. They were without first round picks because they're trading them all away and all that other stuff. Like the Giants haven't done the Giants have had first round picks for the last few years. They've had more draft capital to build with. So I think they had a better head start. And I know it's it's hard to buy into the Giants, especially because like the Jets are doing well too. And I'm yeah. like, what world, what simulation are we living in that what both New York teams <laughs> are are doing well? But hey, I mean, I I just again, that's why that's that's when the parody comes into play. That any team can be good on any given year and any given Sunday. And if you want to go through the Al Pacino, yeah, whole oh, any, game of inches any. speech, please. game of inches. It is uh, it's incredible. And the and the Giants being five and one reminds me of a couple of years ago when the Bears were five and one, and you're like, we were celebrating it. We were like, this could this, this we're not winning. We're not winning in good ways. And it, it might come crumbling down at some point. And there's a lot of that with the Giants. Like Lamar Jackson made a couple of huge mistakes. We made a couple of huge mistakes against them. Couldn't punch the ball into the end zone. And the Giants, as you said, you know, they 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 picked up a couple picks the year we traded for Justin Fields. This year they got Evan Neal, who, by the way, I don't think is playing that great. But Thibodeau looked pretty good. I just, I don't know. I look at it and it's it just, for me, there's just, it's way too early. And listen, at the end of the year, the Giants are going to be in a very interesting position because what do you do contract-wise? Are you now extending Saquon Barkley? Are you going to offer? Are you going to franchise tag Daniel Jones? Or are you going to be bringing in a new quarterback and kind of starting over? Like the Giants, like it's fun and they should enjoy it. And if we were 5-1, and one, I would be, you know, throwing my chest out there and being probably as toxic as possible because that's what I do. But at the same time, it's like they have a lot of it. Who's going to catch the ball for them moving forward? How do they get out of Kenny Galladay's contract? Like there's a lot of things that despite the fact that they're five and one, they have a lot of decisions to make. So I know that it sucks right now. And I wish we were three and three. And it's so bitterly disappointing, especially with the way that that game ended on Thursday night. And by the way, I was watching a game. Oh man. What was it? Sunday. It was at some point on Sunday. I can't remember what it was. It was inside of two minutes in a the second half, and a receiver was interfered with. This was a game I was watching on Sunday, and the referees threw a flag. And I was like, "Well, I was I was under the impression that you couldn't throw a flag within two minutes for pass interference because Dante Pettis was getting his head twisted around, and apparently that wasn't a penalty for us, but some other team got the benefit of the doubt." I didn't realize that was a thing. Maybe it was the Chiefs. I don't know. But in any event, I, I just it's just baffling to me. Like I saw, listen, I saw all of you on Twitter. Like it was like you, me, ill will. Like we're like, hey, we're rebuilding. We'll be okay. Everybody's like, we suck. But now they're like, why aren't we in first place? It's like, well, what did you want? What 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 are you what are you expecting? Like when I go out and I watch my seven-year-old daughter play AYSL, and by the way, she scored a goal this week. And not an accidental goal. Thank you. Not an accidental goal. Like she was near the thing and sort of ran into it. This was in between the half line and the goal. And she hit a rocket. She does this a lot. She's not the best player on the team. But she hits – she'll just – she one time. She's good at one-timers. And she hits rockets. She's come so close recently. She went out there and she made a goal. I go out and I watch her play and I understand that I'm not watching the English Premier League. So you all need to understand that we're not watching a well-oiled machine out there. And just, you know, 
I, I'm gutted that we lose. I'm kind of happy that people are upset that we lose because it means like, yeah, you should be invested. Okay. You should care. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like we're still rebuilding. So let's go back to that Thursday night game, though. What was your – because I didn't get a chance to talk to you after it. I, we talked to Clay Harbor. Uh, what were your initial thoughts coming off that game? Yeah, I, it just – it looked – disjointed it it there was absolutely no rhythm um especially in that second half i think we were all collectively in the press box holding our breath for justin fields every time he dropped back to pass because you didn't trust that offensive line and why would you he was under pressure most of that game and he's been under pressure this season i think he has the highest pressure rate of any quarterback this season so far uh, but i mean this was a point where you could also visibly see that he was shaken up and he was hurting and every single time, and I think, I feel like, especially towards the end, there was the thought that had to be going through his head was just get to the end of this game and then you have 11 days off. Like, yeah. it was just a absolute battle. And, like, he showed so much toughness oh, in man. that regard. And I think, like, you have to be able to take some sort of positive from that. Although, again, like, I, this was this was my concern coming in. I think we talked about this. So my concern coming into the season was, is this offensive line, I don't care if it's, like, a world beater. I don't care, you know, if it's the Detroit Lions or the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. Like, it doesn't have to be. But is it going to get him killed? And yeah. Thursday night was the game where I switched from they're figuring it out, they're figuring it out. Oh, God. They're still figuring it out, and at this point, it might be too late. Like, I'm concerned by that. That was my that was the shift that happened in my head. And again, it's not because I'm expecting the Bears to be really good. And I, I you know, whatever. I like the, getting the passing offense going. Like Eberflus talked about it today. Obviously, that's a, that's a concern, and that's what they want to focus on. But it really hinges on that front. And at this point, I'm just I just need Justin to get through the season. Yeah. Because <laughs> now he, you're not. It's not just like hindering him as a developing quarterback. It could be hindering his career if you get him hurt. No, and but at the same time, I still see a lot of you know bad offensive line play all around the league. If you watch the Jet, you were at the Jets Packers game. There were like John Runyon's getting blown up trying to block defenders with his back. Aaron Rodgers, if you saw, if you, I, I know you saw the game, but I'm telling everybody else, like his his line of vision is now looking at that offensive line. Russell Wilson was getting destroyed on Monday night. Like they were like. Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack, not only was he getting sacks, he was opening opportunities for other players to get sacks as well. That'll be interesting to watch the Jets play the Broncos this week. By the way, a little little tip for you. If you're streaming defenses in fantasy, go ahead and pick up the, uh, the Jets defense. And while we're talking fantasy, I should let you know, underdog fantasy is the easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's simple to get started. Just head to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with the promo code SICK and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy. If you started a season like I did where I drafted Najee Harris, Aaron Jones, and Kyle Pitts, I walked out of draft night thinking I was going to own the world. Unfortunately, it has not worked out as well for me, even though I have Brees Hall, even though I have uh, Kenneth Walker the third. But with Underdog Fantasy, you can jump in there. And it's not just traditional fantasy game. There are multitudes of contests that you can play. There's so much fun. And by the way, just having the app on your phone is such a delight because you can get updates when players are on a like inactive. Like Dalton Schultz was inactive. 
I was alerted by Underdog Fantasy. I was so thankful I had that app on my phone. I'm chasing my kids around. I get an, I get an alert from Underdog Fantasy. It was so great. I had to go make some moves, watch the kids do all that stuff. Just go to underdogfantasy.com, download the app, use the promo code SICK, and get that deposit that belongs to you. So that is the fantasy tip of Tuesday night. Uh, stream the Jets defense. Also pick up Marcus Mariota if you have Kirk Cousins like I am. But I guess my point, though, was that there's some there's some offensive line play that it it's not just a bear situation. Like I've seen enough of it around the league to be like there there needs to be better offensive linemen. Let me ask you now, Eberflus and I talked about this in the open that he was he was purposely vague when talking about who's good who's because it it doesn't behoove him to call out people. But are we going to see changes on the offensive line? And what would you anticipate those changes being? Yeah, I'm not quite sure like what specific changes are going to be coming the Bears' way. Um, I did find it – the one thing out of that press conference that I got was that they treated this mini-buy, especially with having the Monday night game after the Thursday game, as an actual bye week. So yep. they had all the position coaches met with each player individually. They went over you know, their technique and kind of what they can see them improving on, and they kind of did that reset that you usually reserve for the bye week. They're doing that now. And it was especially when they have such a late bye week, you know, into December, I think this was a really, that's a really great opportunity for them to do this. I will say, um, I know, like, again, I've sat in so many of these press conferences and I, I it never fails. It's not just an Eberflus thing. It's not whatever. I, sometimes I just have these moments though, where I'm like listening to these coaches and they're just deflect, 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 deflect. And I'm just like, what are we why are we doing this you start levitating you start levitating out of your body like if you like experience that too where you're just like you just start to just be like he didn't say anything yeah and not you're, just, you're like why are we doing this man like of course they're not going to say anything they've got absolutely no incentive to say anything they're and required by law to to have a press conference exactly that's what it is. And it's just, I, I just found myself having that moment, this press conference, when I was listening to this press conference today, because I was just like, oh God, what are we even doing? Oh my God. But I, I, did I'm it, I did find that interesting, um, you know, that they decided to treat this like a real bye week. And I think that that was very smart on their part. Um, I had had the linebackers coach, Dave Borgonzi, tell me that the run defense was really the main focus of this defense right now and, and improving that. And Ibraflus echoed that today too. And then the past game wouldn't get into specifics as to what they're going to do, how they're going to improve. Uh, but I do think a lot of it could just be reps yeah. and like being more comfortable in this offense is just going to come with time. And that's not a sexy answer. And it's not anything anybody wants to hear in this very, you know, instant gratification world we live in. But I mean, I think that that's going to be the case. And I don't, I don't know who or what you can do along this offensive line. I think that you found a couple diamonds in the rough here. I really like the decision 100%. to move Tevin Jenkins to right guard. I think we're seeing oh, dividends so from good. that. And I think that that alone should earn you some faith and trust in Ryan Poles that he knows what he's doing with this offensive line while he's trying to acquire talent. But at this point, like you found a diamond in the rough in Braxton Jones too, left tackle, mm -hmm. rookie left tackle out of Southern Utah. And I mean, did he look like he was getting blown up by first round picks? Uh, on Thursday night, he did because he yeah. was, and he told me in the locker room afterwards, actually point blank. And I appreciated how candid he was. He was like, I need to get stronger. He's like, I'm not used to taking on bull rushes of these. He didn't say that, but I'm like, and I yeah. heard that, but he literally told me, he's like, I need to get stronger 
I need to be able to hold up against these guys because it is. It's first-round picks bull rushing you over and over and over again. And that's not the competition he was used to at Southern Utah. And that's through no fault of his own. So um, he knows that he like that needs to change a little bit. And he wants to be a little bit more aggressive as far as engaging defenders um, rather than kind of sitting back and waiting for the rush to come to him. And when you have a quarterback like Justin Fields behind you that can get out of danger if you kind of sell out and try to engage and be a little bit more aggressive, that can pay off. And like that's what Justin's good at, too. Uh, he's already kind of trigger happy at this point because he doesn't trust his protection. So if you if, if it means that you can maybe be a little bit more aggressive, maybe engage defenders a little bit more, maybe put them on their butt a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I'm all for that. Try it. See what happens. You know, like it, it, these guys are still kind of learning each other and they've had no continuity on that line either. Um, we even saw it in the game on Thursday where Lucas Patrick went out for a hot second. And then, right. you know, it was just like. I, I, it was like Schofield was in type of change. Like it was just, there was still, yeah, it's, it's just not continuity, but I also to bring it back around for a, as long winded as I just was. That's no, good. The Tevin Jenkins move to right guard. Genius. The fact that that's worked out again, I think should earn Ryan Poles some trust as he make goes to like completely rebuild this roster. Cause that's what he has to do. He's got a lot of work to do. And it's yeah. not going to be done in one offseason. Everybody's Especially acting well, everybody's acting like it should have. And they're already panning the picks. Uh the defensive end, too. Um played really well. Like I'm Montez Sweat. Yeah, like he played really. I mean, you're going up against one of the bad, like a very high that Washington defensive front. Like it's for, so good. Like as they have so bad many. as Washington has been, or as as much as they have been struggling, their front seven is not a part of that. No, <laughs> they have one good. of the best front sevens in the league. Even though Jack Del Rio is one of the worst coaches in the league, their front seven thrives. Of uh, forget Jack Del Rio. Why is he still coaching in the league? Like I, they should. I, I know why. Um, but in any event, now that we've cleared the air a little bit, I'm going to allow everybody else who's uh, been offering some questions to do that too. But before we do that, I want to let everybody know we spend 90% of our time indoors, and indoor air can be 5% dirtier. Then the air outside, five times dirtier, I should say. An air pura, air purifier can remove tobacco smoke, odors, VOCs, mold, wildfire smoke is a big thing here in Southern California, chemicals, viruses uh, from your breathing. The kids are back in school. You know what? They're going to school. They're, you know what? Once, once one of those kids starts coughing, it's going through the whole class. And that's why it behooves you to check out an air pura, air purifier. And right now, if you use the code 67, you will get 7% off your purchase at www.airpura.com. Uh, we have one in our house. It's silent. I do have it in the kids' room. The boy kind of likes having a little sound. Now it's white noise for him. He's got a nightlight, a little white noise. He came back with a little bit of a cold this past week, cranked up the air purifier. He's been pretty good. Nobody else in the house has gotten it, so that's been huge. So if you want to check that out, if you're looking to make a, a move to get an air purifier, Check out airpura.com. Now, let's, uh, Sammy, let's go into some of these questions. I'm sure people are angry. Um, Love Bears All, who is a great, uh, we appreciate Love Bears All being here for every show. Uh, I don't understand all the negative takes on fields. If the Bears score on that final drive, wouldn't the narrative be, the narrative would be that fields carried his team on his back to victory. And you know what? That is how, that is how easy 
things in the NFL can change. It really, and it sounds like so dismissive, but the Bears are so close. And I understand he made some mistakes in the red area, but he had them there. And if they convert, which is a big F, they need to convert that. And I think it's fair to be this toxically positive person like some of us are and be like, yeah, you need to finish those, but you can still recognize that if he had finished it, like we're so close. Why is everybody so negative? I guess because everybody has, we have too much access to everybody's opinions. But what is, what were the, what were, what were people talking about in the press, in the press box during that final drive? I mean, the benefit of watching these games live too is that you see the whole field at all times. And it was, I feel like, blatantly apparent that Justin was not seeing the whole field. He wasn't getting through his reads. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was one, maybe two, then taking off. I think that's where some of the criticism comes in. And again, I'm not blaming him for that yet because he does not have a handle on this offense like the back. Like, you need to know an offense like this, like the back of your hand, any quarterback does, Mm -hmm. so that you can make adjustments based on what you're looking at in order to give your guys the best matchups. Like, that is that is the job of a quarterback. And until you fully understand this offense and it's second nature to you, you're going to be thinking just entirely too much. And you're, okay, I got to go to this read, this read, this read. Like, that is what he is doing. And so, again, like, he's not seeing the whole field because he's also trying to figure out when the where the pressure is coming from, what he can get away with, how long he can stand up in the pocket. He's not comfortable stepping up in the pocket. We've seen that, too. So it's not that it's negative necessarily. It's just that I'm trying to buy him more time, essentially, to be able to understand this offense because that's what it's going to take. That's that's all it's going to take. And then you don't have, you know, a ton of receiving talent around you. But, I mean, you see that it could work. And the Bears were obviously one play away from it working. Yeah. And my big thing, though, too, is like I, it, it's very clear that Justin feels like he needs to do everything. <laughs> and that's not fair. Because again, yeah. you don't know this offense all the way yet, and you're trying to listen to your coaches and do everything and like make all the checks that you need to and all that other stuff. And then to also expect you to be the entire offense. I mean, Justin again led the team in rushing yards. So like when that happens and you have two very good backs, like that shouldn't happen. And he he just feels like he has to do everything right now. So I that was kind of I feel like where if you want to call that criticism, that's what it that was what was being talked about in the press box, kind of in the post game press. That's not, that's not uh, but that's different than what we're seeing online where people are like, well, this guy's terrible. Let's move on. Ryan Poles is going to draft a quarterback next season, which is ludicrous because why would you waste a pick? Not that you're wasting a pick on a quarterback, but like when you have so many holes to fill, it's not like this team is a quarterback away. You want him to play better, but you want to build as much talent around the quarterback before again you give it another go i'm going to use this as an opportunity to explain what happened and i know fantasy points doesn't doesn't equate everything but last night anybody who was starting justin herbert will know like he had a terrible night fantasy wise throwing wise they did convert they they faced like i geez what was it 44 third it was they faced an astronaut maybe it was 22 first downs or so whatever it was it was crazy And if you watch Justin Herbert on Monday Night Football, they were going two reads, and Chase Daniel confirmed this to me because I asked him after the game because he was part of the the, uh, game day post, the the show that we do. We're on the same show. The Chargers, the Chargers with Justin Herbert were going one read, two read, get rid of the ball, 
They weren't even looking. Now, Chase didn't say this about Mike Williams, but you can watch the tape and go figure this out. They weren't even looking at Mike Williams because they had already conceded that Patrick Sertain had him locked up. Like, we don't even want to look that way. We did see a throw at the end of the game. Should have been challenged. That's another story. But that with Justin, with, with Justin Herbert, and the, the way the Broncos defense plays, they were like, two reads, get rid of it. And there was a play at the end of the game that right at the end of regulation where they hit Horvath on a play, and they're like, well, Gerald Everett was open. Justin Herbert missed it. And I asked Chase about this specifically. I said, what happened? And he goes, Justin missed it. Like, he just missed him. And I'm like, you saw it. He's like, yeah. He missed, like, it happens. It happens. It happens to quarterbacks like Justin Herbert. And I know a lot of Bears fans aren't watching every game with a critical eye of every team. But last night, if, you were a, if you're a Chargers fan, you were watching last night's game going, what is going on? Why can't we do anything? There are times where it's – and I know they were pulling Austin Eckler out of the game. But there were times where, like, Eckler's not involved. You know, uh, Palmer drops a football. Like, there was all – I mean, in a way, Mike Williams – he didn't really drop it, but was not a good, you know, was not a connection. Like this stuff happens mm -hmm. around the league. The league is very weird right now. And it's almost like in a way, like not a great product because as much as it's fun to be like, Hey, there's parody, a game like the chiefs and bills stands out because it's so good. Yeah. Whereas some of these other teams and like, you're going to put any game, you're going to put any game on that Thursday night window, just about every one of them not great and this is the way it is and it's but again this is why i would implore everybody to maybe take a second have a little bit of chill understand like i i don't know i know we got new england this week and that's daunting but man we're we're okay we're it, it's gonna be fine let's uh let's take another question though i'm sorry <laughs> uh you think the bears are going to add or subtract at the trade deadline uh you would probably be more tied into this. I, I don't anticipate a lot. I think the trade deadline in the NFL gets built up because the NFL has so many tentpole events. This is one of the worst tentpole events because it seems like nothing ever happens. Yeah, I don't – I just – it's at least not to the degree that it happens in the NBA or even Major League Baseball. MLB, like, this is, yeah. Yeah, like this is not – the NFL I don't think is known for that. I also just feel like the Bears – are trying to do what they can with what they have and they mm -hmm. really don't have any incentive to add anything and if anything um if you get offered something that you can't i would see them subtracting before i would see them adding quite honestly because yeah. what incentive do you have to add at this point but like if yeah if somebody if, if, if a team needs a pass rusher and robert quinn and you want to give him a little bit of a fresh start in the system you know whatever team it is the system fits him all that kind of stuff, maybe. David Montgomery, I, I, I don't know if if you think that. I mean, Eberflus said today they kind of go with the hot hand, and yeah. I really see that kind of as a league wide trend at this point. I feel like there's so many different teams that have these multiple back sets that they can rotate between two guys depending on who's hot, and I don't necessarily know that you want to give that up, for, especially for the long term, especially when you do have a developing quarterback, so you can lean on the run game a little bit more. Um, so I would say that that was a little less likely. But if anything, I mean, moving Robert Quinn, I, again, I hate that I ha said it before the season and I hate that I was like, I don't, I take no pleasure in being right about it, but I was like, you probably should have moved Robert Quinn before the season started because he was coming off an 18 and a half sack season. And that was the, if you were going to move him eventually, that was the time to do it. Um, I, 
I don't know. I, yeah, I would see them subtracting, if anything, but I don't see them being loud across the board. I would, no disrespect, I would push back a little bit on that Robert Quinn con- comment because the Chargers looked at Bobby Quinn and Khalil Mack, and they went with the upside. They went with a guy who's got the, the history, so to speak. They wanted Khalil Mack, and they gave up a lot for him. I just don't think that there was a, an offer that was sufficient enough for him during the offseason. And I think that like like we like if we see like ah he's probably we'd be selling high after 18 and a half sacks. I think a lot of teams saw that too. And they're like, ah, I'm not gonna fall for it. What we need to hope though is that we can make a team like the Chiefs blank. Like the Chiefs losing on Sunday, like that's the kind of thing where you're like, you guys, you need a defender. Like you need that pass rush to beat Josh Allen. Like if I'm polls, you know, I'm calling my buddies that I used to work with. I'm sending them texts. I'm teasing them. I'm like, hey, like you guys are not going to beat the Bills. Like you gotta, you gotta get Bobby Quinn. Like we'll give you, you know, give us a second. I'll give you a deal. Doesn't have to be a first. I'll, actually, I'm if I'm joking around, I'd be like, you just give me a first. Like, listen, you take Bobby Quinn. That pick is number thirty-two. You're fine. What do you care? You're the Chiefs. You don't need first-round draft picks. Now, obviously, you're not going to get a first-round draft pick for him. I'm just saying this in jest. But I think that. I don't know. I, I kind of like being in this spot of like perhaps getting somebody like convince them like you're close, like go make a move. And but it sucks because the only teams that are really close are the Chiefs and the Bills. And right. like neither, you're like, oh my God. Cause everybody else is like, the Jets are good, but you're like, you're not serious. Like the Jets aren't gonna trade. Like it'd be fun if the Jets got involved. Like, Jets, make a run. You could go all the way to the AFC championship game if you had somebody like Robert Quinn. And I think a lot of these teams will still go back and look at their the scouting that they've had on him over the last couple of years and be like, okay, he's getting to the quarterback. He's not converting sacks this season. But uh, over the last – two out of the last three years, his pressure rate has been great, according to next-gen stats. Mm-hmm. Last year was when he was good with the, uh, with the actual sack numbers. But um, that's what I got. By the way – oh, by the way, I want to remind everybody, if you don't follow us on Twitter or follow me on – first of all, follow Carmi V. Like, come on, follow her. She's amazing. Like, it's so informative. I'm able to keep on keep track because I don't want to. I don't want to keep up with Lions news. I just follow you. Uh, but also, if you saw today, the company Homage has partnered with Starter, and they're bringing back the old school Starter jackets. They offered me one, and I said, "I'm sorry, Cameron. I could have offered this to you, but I said, you know what? I want one of the fans of the Sick Podcast to get this jacket." So I tweeted out something today. There's a go follow homage, follow me, follow Carmi V, and uh, tell us why you deserve the jacket. We'll announce it on Thursday. And if you want to go in here and leave a comment right now, sick, uh, that'll put you into the com- contest. So just can't, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, comment sick, but you also got to be following us on Twitter. And if you don't have Twitter, then I'm sorry. Go get, go make up a Twitter right now. It's, it's free. Uh, but in any event, look out for that. It's a cool jacket. It's cool to have them back. I'm sorry. I should have hooked you up. Not, now I feel bad. Tell, tell me. No, you, we can get the fans to tell me why they deserve it more than I did. Yeah. So there you go. Maybe I will. I could, you know, Honestly, I could end up giving it to Carmen. If none of you impress me, and if none of you follow us on Twitter, then I'm going to have no other choice. But to give it to Carmen because that reminds me, actually, homage uh, was kind enough uh, to send a shirt my way that I need to uh, I will I will wear at one point, but I can't wear it on here because it does not feature a Bears player. 
Who does it and feature? It, is it is it Bucks? Guy? Justin Je- no, it's Justin Jefferson. That's fine. I'm not going to be upset about it. We love Justin. It's, I love. I, I, yeah, I love JJ. He's one oh of my, my favorite God. players in the league, and um, it's it's a it's a badass shirt. It's such a cool shirt. Don't so I'm going to. I'm I I will definitely kind of plug that a little bit more. I promised them I would, and I haven't done it yet because I haven't had a, much of a chance to wear it yet. But I will. It's fine. You wear it. I'll wear an homage T-shirt, um, and we'll be we'll be fine that way. By the way. How about some more questions, though, Sammy? I'm sorry. But, uh, from Twitter, do you have confidence in the new regime? I'm going to lead this one off because I still do. I still think that, and Carbon's mentioned this a lot, even tonight, there's a lot of work to be done. Like, there's a lot of things. And I know people have looked at, you know, oh, the players that were already here are already better than the guys that Poles drafted. You're like, well, the guys that Poles drafted were are rookies. You know, Jaquan Brisker, though, playing very well. Like, that's like that's a good pick. Kyler Gordon has played a lot better over the last couple of weeks. Nobody wants to talk about that anymore. They picked on him. It was a trial by fire. They went out there. They let him develop. He is starting to play a lot better. We see, and by the way, he is great in the run game. He is a great tackling corner. Uh, we've seen Robinson play well at the defensive end position. Braxton Jones is a guy that we think is a diamond in the rough at left tackle. There's a lot of there, there's a lot of good that has come out of this last draft class already. He's not really had a full complement of a first round pick. He's not had a full free agency of having unfettered money. We don't know what kind of trades he can pull off. I think that, you know, had in Keel Harry not been injured, he could have been somebody who would be okay. I'm not saying that they're going to be Devontae Adams, but somebody who could be okay. I think Byron Pringle could have made an impact as well. Bayless is struggling a little bit, but hopefully he will grow. Bayless has already scored a touchdown, though. Like his punt returning has not been great, but he's already shown to be a weapon. He picked up a critical third down against the Vikings. He scored a touchdown against the Vikings. He's made some mistakes. I have confidence. What about you, Carmen? Yeah, I mean, I alluded to it a little bit before about how you see them doing things along the offensive line, like moving Tevin Jenkins to right guard. That seemed to work out. You get a fifth round rookie that's now your starting left tackle, which is correct, which is insane. Um, but then, yeah, like, I also just think that the overall philosophy that we've seen Ryan Poles deploy with, and I, I talked about this a little bit before the season started too, with, I like the fact that they chose Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon, uh, in, instead of maybe taking an offensive tackle or a wide receiver, I'm probably in the minority in that, but yeah. they took the best players that were on the board at that point and getting Jaquan Brisker where they did clearly has paid dividends for this defense. I mean, he is awesome. And he is always around the ball. He's tied for the team lead in sacks, like as a safety. And then, yeah, Kyler Gordon was kind of fed to the wolves. I got a chance actually to talk to him in the locker room after the game. Uh, it's always hard to talk to guys in the locker room, like after a loss, because no one wants to talk and like whatever. Uh, but I, you know, I love that Washington program, even from my time with the Bucks. I got to know a lot of good Washington players. And I asked Kyler Gordon, like point blank, I'm like, did you advocate for this? Did you advocate to be, you know, play two spots, play two roles, be that nickel corner, also, you know, rotate in the outside as well? And he said that he was very adamant about telling them he can handle it. He can handle it. He can handle it. And he did not shy away from the fact that they put a lot on him. And he knows that. Um, but he feels himself getting better every week. And I think tangibly you can see him getting better every week. So I liked those picks and I liked that polls went after what was on the board, the best available on the board versus maybe like what they needed and forcing a pick at those positions. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause at that point, I just think that 
Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker were better prospects at their positions than anything you were going to get at the positions maybe you were looking for. So, like, I point to that kind of stuff when I'm trying to evaluate what Ryan Poles has done so far because he hasn't had a full season, a full calendar year in the NFL to really show us what he can do. And it takes time. Like I said, like, you strip this roster down to the studs. You have so much work to do when it comes to building it back up. And you're going to have the resources to do it this coming off season. So that's when I feel like I would be a little bit more comfortable evaluating what polls can do, but I liked the change. I don't think that Ryan Pace set this team up for success and didn't set Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy up for success. Like I, I, yeah. yes, some of the blame falls on Matt Nagy. Of course he was the head coach, but like he was not set up for success with the talent that he had either. Um, and so I, I feel like this is a good thing and we're just building across the board though. So you're building into new systems with the, with, with Matt Eberflus. And I do feel like Eberflus and Poles are on the same page with each other. They certainly sound like they're on the same page with each other. They talk about being on the same page with each other. Um, but I also think that those, again, those picks of, of Brisker and Gordon were a nod to the fact that this is what, this is Eberflus' wheelhouse. Of course mm-hmm. Eberflus is going to like those guys. And so the fact that these guys work together, that it doesn't happen like that at every at every team. Like the the GM and the head coach aren't necessarily always on the same page. We've seen it time and time again. So that is that's encouraging to me. I, I have no choice but to have faith in this regime right now because A, there, nothing's gonna happen with it. You're not gonna fire a first like a head coach after his first year. You're not gonna fire a GM oh, yeah. after his first year. It's not gonna happen. Oh, not so happen. If you don't have faith in these guys, too bad. <laughs> Oh my God. Like I saw some idiocy on where people are talking about, Oh, like maybe Sean Payton will come in and replace, uh, replace Eberflus. And I'm like, there's no way, there's no way that's happening. Number one. And number two, it reminded me of something. Uh, you, you just reminded me of something that Michael Robinson and I were talking about just the other day is that the way you win you cannot win in this league without having a good offensive line and a good secondary. That is the most important thing that you need. And of course, Michael Robinson won his Super Bowl as a member of the Seattle Seahawks, who obviously had those things. That is what they did in the draft. Like he was afforded, like Ryan Poles was afforded an opportunity to completely rebuild the secondary. We noticed that this defense right now, the biggest deficiency is stopping the run. That is going to have to be addressed. And that's why they're addressing it right now. But he went out there, completely rebuilt the secondary. The secondary is great. The pass defense yeah. is good. And the, the offensive line is going to start coming around at some point. First round picks are for the offensive line. And we're going to have at least one this coming year. I'm anticipating perhaps moving down for multiple picks, perhaps a variety of things that could happen. But I would anticipate the Bears, if the Bears do not have a very high pick, I would expect them to have two first round picks. See how that goes. So I, I, I just don't, I, I, I don't understand the lack of faith and that's just, I, and I know Joe Shane and, and Dave, well, we talked about them before. They're great, great, great coaches, great evaluators, great talent. Like I love them. Good for the giants. I mean, like you can't hire everybody, but I think that our staff, and we haven't even talked about Ian Cunningham being a part of this too. Like these guys come from programs that know what they're doing right. and they're ready to, and they're executing a plan. I think that, that Ryan Poles has been so upfront with everything. And it's people like me who are like, no, we can win with this. We can do okay. And I, again, like everybody's like, well, I thought you said they were going to win. I'm like, bro, they were, they're, they're uh, two, like they could legitimately be four and two. 
you could be disappointed enough. I, I'm not going to say five and one, but legitimately could be four and two, three and three at worst. So I like that point that you like. Just I, I don't think we're talking enough because this is kind of the first. It's really dawned on me. Look at the absolute like deterioration of the Colts defense. Yeah. Now that Eberflus is gone, right? Like, why aren't we talking about that? They are bad. That's They're a bad, bad defense. They're not good. And I know that Shaq Leonard's been battling an injury, but it's right. not. It's like not. A, he could be there, and it would not matter. No, and I'm like, we're like, shouldn't we? Shouldn't that tell you something about Matt Eberflus? And then, yeah, to your point, Ryan Poles is coming from the Chiefs. And he has, yeah. he's, been, he's been doing wonderful things. I Like everybody I've talked to that within that organization prior to Poles getting in Chicago or when Poles got to Chicago uh, just said that he's an absolute delight. He's so smart. He's just – he gets it. You know, he's one of those guys that gets it and he's just a really good human and he's just a really good guy to be around. Um, but a great talent evaluator. So, like, they come from pedigree to your point. And <laughs> I just like, – I hadn't really thought through the whole, like, yeah, like the Colts defensive collapse – um from last year oh my god it's been it's been really significant and i i made it because i talked about it in the fantasy show a lot where now you play people you're like oh you want to target the colts defense like we're going after them and you know one of my co-hosts was like well yeah because because shaq leonard's i'm like no no no. it's not one person it is a bad system now and we also took alan williams from them so it's like there's some things going wrong with the colts and it's evident it's very blatant and it's very upfront. And by the way, we—I can't believe this. This show has been flying by. This has been a good. I hope you're having fun. I'm having a blast. Um, we should take another question. Uh, my favorite thing to do oh. is to confuse. Young, what are you doing, hey, Belichick? Bill. Come on, that's not nice, Bill. <sighs> you need to be cool. Is what I'm. What I'm telling you. Like you need to be, Bill. You've been winning a lot more than people have been expecting so far this season. You're probably going to make the playoffs again. Like the AFC was so loaded. Like everybody's like, oh, the AFC so loaded, blah, blah, blah. And then here comes the Patriots. Like just, just winning it. Where are the Patriots really good though? Uh, they've always had great secondaries and they've always had great offensive lines. And Bill Belichick was five and 11 in his first season. There were people who were upset that they fired Pete Carroll they find Pete Carroll's obviously a great coach. But people are like, oh, what a mistake to get rid of Pete Carroll. You know, they should have kept him. And they did not, you know, and it was bad that first year. And I think even the first two games of the following season in 2001, I don't think they started out great, even though they ended up 11-5, and I believe is their final record. So why don't we chill? Why don't we take a moment and chill out and not be so critical after six games? Do I do I want to see another question, Sammy, or do we want to <laughs> do we want to wrap? Because that was a good way to end it. All right. Uh, after watching the Eagles and how they use Jalen Hurts, would love to see the Bears use Justin the same way. I would love to see him in more RPO RPOs. He is electric running the ball. I think this is a thing that we've talked about before. Is that mm-hmm. and what the best part about this is if you go and you dig through Twitter and you go back and read some Philadelphia Inquirer from week five or six of last season, oh, you're going to see a lot of the same themes. So I think that, like, the Eagle, now the Eagles' offensive line is that's significant. That's, the part. that's yeah, where no, I was going to go. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to steal your point. but That's okay. Uh, no, I mean, not only are they good, they are probably the best in football. 
And it allows you to do so many cool things with that offense. And yeah, but it is, it was tailored to Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. And Sirianni was very adamant about that. And they switched it up halfway through the season last year. And it took them, you know, until the final eight games to kind of figure things out. And then they carried that over this year. And now we're seeing the benefits of that, obviously. Um, and I think that something's going to happen. Something similar is going to have to happen where you're going to, now that you're kind of going through the season, you're seeing what's not working, yeah. quite frankly. Um, you can kind of start to tweak some things and figure out, all right, well, Justin's really good at this, this, that, that, this, that, and the other. Let's try it. Also, here are our weaknesses, but again, I can't stress enough that like the line is the big difference here in that the Eagles could try different things because of the line that Jalen Hurts is behind. That is not the case for Justin Fields right now. It could be yeah. in the future, um, but I would like to see taking that into account, though, maybe more some more play action because that helps out the line, too. And, you know, some of these more like the design runs where you're kind of throwing um, the defense off off its mark, off the scent, some of the a little bit more of that window dressing and stuff like that. But you have to have the baseline of this offense down before you can start adding those things on to it. But I do I I do think that they should utilize play action a little bit more, given that they do have a really good run game and it does take the pressure off of the offensive line a little bit if you can get guys to bite. Um but yeah, I don't, I, like I said, that was, that's the big, I don't think we should be expecting an Eagle like turnaround from like, like they were last year, just given the fact that this offensive line is the best in football. I love watching them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yes. And no, uh, no, because, um, you know, the Eagles offensive line is significantly better, was significantly better where the, the, the bears are at this point. We don't have a Travis Kelsey who's up front. Yes, yeah. And able Jason, excuse me. We don't have a Travis Kelsey either, but no, we don't. No. We don't have a Jason Kelsey either. We don't have a Kelsey. If there's another Kelsey brother who could help us out, please right. show Bobby up. Bobby Kelsey, Chicago. why didn't you make more boys? You needed one more uh, to really more help boys. us out. But I do think that it's not out of the question to see the Bears kind of follow a similar path of making adjustments, trying to figure out what we're good at, and you know what. I think that when you look at how well the Bears have done in second halves this season, how well they make adjustments, yeah. how because like people act like it, like they don't make adjustments. I'm like nobody scores in the second half. Like the things that they score about, like first of all, the the Commanders scored in the first half because the referees were throwing pass interference penalties, like they were party flyers that you find in your windshield, you know, when you're at a concert. You're like, oh, cool. There's a, there's a concert tomorrow. Like, I don't need this. That's the way they were throwing around those, those hankies. In addition, the Brian Robinson touchdown was set up because of a special teams blunder. And that's why they scored that touchdown. Otherwise that offense wasn't doing anything. They were not moving. And even then they gave him a five yard touchdown. Of course they did. What what, What did you expect? I think that, you know, it's reasonable to expect the bears to be better as they move forward. And, but you know, at the same time, some of these teams that we're playing are not as bad as we thought perhaps they were going into the season. The jets are good. The Falcons are good or the Falcons, the Falcons, one of the few undefeated teams in the NFL, according to certain segments of the population, um, I guess a spread. Uh, but I think again, we could, I know I, I was just letting it away, but listen, that's it. I'm going to 
I'm just going to say this as I wrap up my final thoughts and I'm going to let Carmen sit here and think about a final thought for a moment when I throw it to her. <laughs> I'm still not going to come up with a good one. I never whether did. she's going she's to have one or not. Um, there's a lot of, listen, there's a lot of noise out there and there's a lot of angst because, you know, things are not going as well as we would like them to be. I know that we wish that we were losing games and Justin Fields was throwing for 500 yards, but I just don't think that that was, that was ever the, a realistic case. I think that we were going to be a team that was going to have some struggles, but there are things to watch that are encouraging and it's fun. And you know what? This team plays hard and they're in all these games and as bad as it's been, you're like, you know what? We could have been winning this one. We could have been winning that one. We're not significantly out, man. The game against Green Bay, notwithstanding, but look how bad those guys look now. Oh, that's a delight. So don't get too overly critical. Look at this game against the Patriots and be like, all right, this is a chance to, you know, match ourselves against the coach who's one of the best, who's the very best to have ever done it. We'll see how it goes. I'm willing to take our chances, but I think that uh, we'll be okay. Uh, Carmen, though, any last words of wisdom? Um, I really do like the fact that the Bears got basically another bye week out of this and they are getting to evaluate, a, you know, a third of the way of the season, whatever you want to call it. Um, and and make some changes and and really get down to back down to the fundamentals and we'll see uh if you can do something against a patriots offense that isn't as productive as maybe we're used to i mean it's their defense that's keeping them in this um and we'll see who ends up under center uh against against the bears but you'll see if you can do some things now that you have your full secondary back and and jalen johnson's got a game under his belt being back and all that kind of stuff so yeah i like I like hitting the reset button at this point. You're going to get to hit the reset button at the end, you know, in December. That's, it's not something that I I don't, I don't remember the last time. Or I can't think of a team that's gotten to do a Thursday game and then a Monday game back to back and gotten 11, 11 days off. Uh, the Broncos. Do they just do it this year? Yeah. The okay. Broncos, they played on, remember they played that horrible game against the Colts. Then they played last night. Yeah. Okay. It's a it's a thing. It's okay. It's, a thing. Yep. All right. it's not a, it's not it's not in the NFC North, so it's okay. It's fine. But listen, I want to thank you for uh, being with us as always on these Tuesday night. You make it tons of fun. Thanks to everybody who participated, even you, Bill Belichick, who had to sign in and talk about how you love to confuse these young quarterbacks. We'll see about that. We are going to be back uh, with another podcast this week. If you're in the Chicago area, remember that AM fifteen thirty. WCKG is the Chicago home of the sick podcast. You can listen to us every Friday, 2 PM central followed immediately by the no name pod with Olin Krutz and Jason McKee, a cover two of bears coverage like no other. So keep the faith. We'll see you later on this week for a preview of the Patriots game. Ranks rivals will be back. Fantasy Island will be back. And of course, remember, Follow us, follow Homage. If you want one of those sick starter jackets, we will be announcing a winner on the podcast this week. So uh, until then, bear down. And Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy and Air Pura.